0: Who's the person you turn to when you need advice, the person who gives you confidence and strength, the person who's been your biggest support, the person you shop with, ask their opinion and trust them implicitly? For me, it's... Hi, Ma.
1: Hi, Del. As a mother and daughter, we know we have a close bond, but each mother and
0: daughter relationship is unique and different, and that's exactly what we want to explore. Each week, we'll sit down with mothers and daughters and talk about their bond, from the ones who work together to others who have survived, shared passions, overcome loss, and in general, have a great relationship that is worth sharing. This is Mothers Mothers and Daughters Daughters Podcast. Podcast. Hi, La. Hi, Dal. How's your week been? It's been very quiet. That's good. And No, No children. No children. Well, I mean, I do pick them up. Well, some days <laughs> you pick them up other days.
1: So not every day? <laughs> not no, every day.
0: No, no, my no. day is Tuesday? Yes. They don't like when I come to pick them up because they know that on mummy days, no TV. No treats. No treats. No BS. And they have to go straight to bed. It's mm-hmm. just like, a, oh God, it's her again. It's being a parent. And, oh. that's, and that's what being a grandparent is. Yeah. You're we- the fun one. I'm not the fun one. That's okay. I can live with it.
1: I was going to say easier and, you know, we can't all be... The fun one.
0: ...tough all the time.
1: You know? Yeah. The ones that
0: parent. Well, grandparents can spoil them. Yeah. Yes. I look forward to that one day. It's a long time off, but I look forward to that one day. Yes. Not having... Not having to disappear. Well, we're
1: getting getting great joy, so we're we're very lucky and very blessed.
0: Yes. It's like when I came over today. Hi, where are the kids? I know, no, and not, not yeah. that I said, Thanks. not that
1: That's... I don't love you and love seeing you, mm-hmm. but where are the kids? And then Joe, my husband says, oh, hi, where are
0: the kids? I'm like, oh, my God, he said exactly the same thing as Literally, what I did. Yeah. It's like chop liver. When you become grandparents as the children, you're just insignificant. <laughs> you're just the vessel that transports them to and fro. Yes. Anyway, yeah, we
1: love. So we love right. seeing them. So anyway, how was Cooper back at school? He loved it. That's great. I loved it.
0: Every, who loved it who loved it, it more? Cooper or you? I don't know. <laughs> Probably you. <laughs> Probably me. Yeah. I did a lot of walking. I did a lot of washing. I mean I always do a lot of washing, but I did it in silence. That's nice, just well caught, with podcasts in my ear, but silence. Caught up in life. Mm. That's nice. The washing's still the same though. Well, I guess. am not always getting through it. We'll be with the family. Mm. Always ongoing. That's okay. It's all right. Yes. But today we were very lucky to speak with Sally and her mum, Geraldine. And Sally's book's actually coming out this week. So perfect timing. The Good Sister. Yes. She writes, if you haven't read any of her books, she writes a lot about female characters. So, mother in law, sisters, just a lot of strong female characters. She's written seven now, just a few. Amazing. Yeah. You've got them all now. Mum got them yes, on Audible.
1: I, yes, I got them on Audible. So packed up on my Sally Hepworth yes. books and look forward to listening to them all. Yeah, I'm almost finished. The mother-in-law, I loved it. Very nice. Now she was yeah, just we were very privileged yes. to speak with very her lucky. there in
0: Melbourne. Yes, yeah, so happy getting, freedom yeah for getting Sally. out of they lockdown. Very excited about that, so they can enjoy and be together and. Hopefully, have some sort of launch for her book. I'm not sure if that's possible in Victoria, but
1: uh, maybe something. Sounds like they're certainly slowly like getting back to Normal. some kind of what COVID normality, anyway. Mm. But anyway, she was very giving of her time, and
0: you know, listening to her journey of how she started, yeah, and just her process of writing, being the breadwinner of the family. Mm. I think it's just a really amazing story and she said a lot of it is from what was modeled to her so they were saying you know that her dad does the washing it wasn't just it wasn't just a female the female sort of role in in their home and her kids feel the same way they think it's completely normal that dad does the pickup and great. Cooking and washing and all that sort of thing. And it's obviously helped a lot during lockdown because she managed to write a book. Yes. While yes. Having the kids. Three kids. Yeah, three children. At home. But she did say, yes, that her husband is
1: very hands on, which yeah. allowed her enough time to write and as you say, produce a book. Mm. And um and obviously, yeah, she's got a wonderful mother, you know. She was absolutely gorgeous as well. Yeah. Listening to her life and her perspective
0: on, you know, how proud she is of her author, author daughter. daughter. And I mean, Geraldine also was a teacher for 40 years and very, very well regarded in, in the community. Respected yeah. And
1: I, I think Sally said, you know, that she was the cleverest person she she, she knows, knows, you yeah. know, which is just lovely. And obviously she is a very intelligent woman. Yes. yes.
0: To be a history teacher. And writer. And writer. Yeah. And also, I think she said English teacher as well. So very, very clever lady. Clever family. You know, writing definitely runs in the blood. And well, Sally said not necessarily her kids, but her niece is very interested Mm. in storytelling. So continuing on the yeah family family genes. genes, which is nice. So hope you enjoy Sally and Geraldine, and also, given that we're going into summer break soon, definitely get Sally's book. For holidays, yes. I know I will be reading it on our vacation because mm. you can look after the kids. Oh,
1: okay, yes. Or you can well, listen gonna... to it in your
0: ears too as yes, well. Yes,
1: I can. That would be lovely. Yeah. I have to say last time when we went away together, yeah, I did no, attempt to read. read, but I just could not take my eyes off the kids when they were in the pool. Also I just...
0: because the men were also in the pool and they, I know they're listening. Yeah. We love them. But they tend to take their eyes off them. You know, I just, I couldn't relax. I just, you know. (laughs) It's not relaxing when the kids are in the pool. No. And mum can attest to that because she's the one with the pool and has to deal with the kids nearly drowning drowning each each other. other. Yes. So we will hopefully find some time. Yes, to read. To read. Or listen. Or listen. In mum's case, I might jump in. On Audible. On Audible as well. Mm. So Yes. Lots, lots of recommendations of reading or listening, and we'll see you soon. Can you both tell us a little bit about yourselves?
2: <laughs> we laughed at that yes. question, didn't we? We didn't know,
3: we didn't know what to say. Do you want to go, Mum? Well, I suppose what in, in fact about? Do you mean? I mean, there's a certain amount that's there uh, about my career. Um, I'm a fairly conventional baby boomer woman. I think. Um,
2: I'll tell you about Mum, and she can tell you about I'll, me. Yes, that might about be that? Oh, <laughs> Mum is. That's a, a great idea. I yeah, we that. haven't had that before, so that's yes. nice. Let's do that. So, Mum is a, um, a, a grandmother of seven, seven, a mother of three. She has a incredible wow. career. Uh, as a history teacher and historian, she's written a number of books. Uh, she is one of the most beloved teachers, um, and I know this because whenever I'm out shopping with mum and we run into women because mum taught girls pretty much girls, all yeah. your career, and they yeah. said Mrs Carradis, uh which was my maiden name, uh, and, and they all say <laughs> favourite teacher, and they say it even when she's not there to me. So, um she And she's just, you know, a beloved matriarch of our family.
3: How's well, that? Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> she said everything I told her to say. And, uh,
2: <laughs> and also probably one of the, the smartest people that I know in real life.
3: Uh, well, I could counter that by saying, and you're oh. one of the smartest people I know in oh, real life as
2: well. <laughs> <laughs> I um, did, We didn't prepare that, that was just off the cuff. Yeah, well, I'd have to so say,
3: very, very, Sally's a wonderful Much daughter.
1: admired, that's nice. Um, she she was
3: born 21 months after twin boys and uh, whilst there was a certain uh, anxiety about having three children so close together, the day that she was born was certainly one of the most exciting of my life and she's been, look, we've had the odd little disagreement through the years, but essentially we've always been close and we've always had a lot of fun together. I think that's probably one of the things that that defines our relationship more than anything else.
2: Mm. Will that do? How's that?
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, that's good. I was gonna say, well that leads on to the next question really is what Sally was like as a child. And it sounds like she was she was a good child.
3: She was a very easygoing child. As I said, she was born fairly close after her twin brothers and they were both um, Type A people who took up a lot of oxygen and I think she realised quite early on that she'd just go with the flow and <laughs> slide under the radar. Uh, and She managed to do that fairly well. She was always a happy child. She didn't give us too much angst, even as a teenager, I think, there was a bit of sliding under the radar in in her teenage years she probably got away with things that um uh we were i'm still probably not aware of and don't want to be um with the boys uh, what you saw was what you got mm-hmm, you know um, that's the
0: best way to best way to get out of it yeah. you know many- if you're that kind of kid that you're like yeah she's always good we don't need to worry yeah. she's just yeah. Teenage years, you're like, yeah, I'll just take a slight advantage of that one, yeah. Yes,
2: yes. <laughs> and I think coming, Sally,
0: up, is that kind of how you remember
1: your childhood? My, my own childhood or you, Sally's childhood? Yeah, that's, Oh, do you, you didn't hear that for
2: me? Yeah, she said,
1: is that how Sally? I, like, oh, does Sally? Yeah, Sally, do you? Is that how you feel about your
2: childhood? Yes, it was a happy childhood for sure. I think one of the things that that I think about when I think about my childhood is that at the time I thought that it was dysfunctional. We used to use the word dysfunctional a lot in our family every time there was a fight or there was, a you know, some sort of um, disagreement. And so I had that word in my head and then I grew up and discovered that, in fact, we were incredibly functional and and as adults we're all very close. Uh, It
1: sounds like it. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, and and both with my brothers, but also my my sisters in law, we all get along famously. And I, I wonder sometimes if that is why I have focused on writing books about dysfunctional families, because maybe I'm kind of in the search for for you know for something that's truly dysfunctional. <laughs> but I yeah, I definitely remember happy childhood, um, you know, lots of laughing, and uh, and as mum said, my brothers were twins, and so. I think mum and I hung out a lot. You know, she she had to be the other one for me.
3: Actually, another thing that's just struck me in the last few days, there's a lot of discussion about gendered toys or gender neutral toys. And Sally's grown up to be a very strong feminist, but she was such a girl in her (laughs) early years. She would only wear pink. She would only wear dresses. All her toys were princesses and fairies. The stories she wanted to read and, in fact, the stories she made up were all princesses and fairies. And yet, um, from the time she was probably thirteen or fourteen, she started to uh, take on feminist views and uh, so I think mothers who find their daughters being very girly in their early years need't despair that they're going to they're not going to grow up with strong feminist ideals as well.
2: Well actually I think that that Mum was one of the people that taught me that feminism isn't about. What you wear, or, or about being a certain way, it's about equality for women, and part of that is being able to to wear whatever the hell you want, and and yeah, and and in fact
3: to choose the way you want your life to to go, and not feel that your life's been directed in a certain area um, just because you're a girl, or just because because you're a boy.
2: Yeah, yeah, and with the conversations in childhood, mm. we're, we're definitely open to all of,
0: and that. that's. So- And that's so true now because it's so nice the way that your husband's embraced being Mr. Sally Hepworth. I think that is just like, it's so, it's so refreshing and it's so nice to see that, you know, just because one's the breadwinner over the other, it doesn't make any difference. You're still equal partners regardless of what you do in terms of your work career. You know, it's always... There's always a balance somewhere and yeah. I think it's really nice and you probably got that a lot from your mum.
2: I did and and mum was always working. And uh, <coughs> Geraldine,
1: oh, sorry.
3: I was just going to say and um, her father as well mm. because when we were both working and we both had children at school, he took over the washing. That was yeah. his his contribution. to. I mean he he did other things too but he took responsibility for the washing and I think, you know, he also – believed in sharing um, the load and not, um, you know, the, the male goes to work and comes home and expects everything to be done in the house. Yeah. So yeah. she
2: was
1: get those messages as she was And And, that and that. so it should be these days. I mean, <laughs> right. I, I think a, a man should be just as capable as a woman. I mean, I do see... A, a lot is changing where a lot of the young men are quite capable in the kitchen somehow even over the women. So somehow, okay. you know, the roles have semi-reversed a bit yes. that, um, that the woman doesn't have to be, oh, she has to cook or she has to clean or whatever. And, and so it's good. quite good.
3: That's good for boys and men as well as for women.
2: Yeah. Everyone needs to eat.
1: <laughs>
0: Definitely.
2: Yes,
1: yeah,
0: yes, and, and capable clean capable of running a household. And clean clothes. It yep. shouldn't just be one person who exactly. does it, although I don't know if I would trust my husband. <laughs> I know he listens. I think he purposefully ruins the washing uh, just so yeah. I won't ask him to do it again because it's always my exact. things that end up getting ruined. Yeah.
3: we had a few examples of that in, in the early years of Trevor's learning to do the washing but he met, perfected it eventually. It was mainly Sally's clothes that he seemed to ruin by putting in the tumble dryer.
2: That's true. She oh. was much better trained than my dad was. <laughs>
1: I think somehow you've got to let them make their mistakes. Indeed. Mm. Yep. So, Geraldine, what was Sally like as a student?
3: Interesting um, experience, Sally, in school. Through most, um, she was very enthusiastic at the start of her schooling, prep and grade one. Um, then I'd say really from about grade two through to year 10, she glided. She did what she had to do, but she didn't really put any extra effort into it. And then and we we got used to going to parent-teacher nights and being told, oh, well, Sally could do better. Sally talks too much in class. I related to that because that was exactly what my parents were told about me. Um, but then first parent-teacher yeah. night in year 11, we couldn't believe it. Uh, every teacher said, "Oh, Sally's amazing. Sally does all the work. Sally does extra work. Sally's really putting a n- nose to the grindstone. I think that's the cliche. And I came home and said to Sally, "What's that all about?" She said, "Well, now it counts." And all those intervening years she had uh,
1: uh,
0: the
3: only, smart. the only subject um, in which she really um, poured a great deal of effort and enthusiasm. In the middle years, was English, and the the one
1: uh, I was going to say it was bound to be English, yes, obviously. Yes. And the one
3: parent uh, or teacher on parent teacher night that gave us a bit of joy was the English teacher who would say, "Oh, she's wonderful. She's imaginative. She's creative." And so that kept us going through the, through those lean years. <laughs> she always had it. She just didn't um, see the point in Sally, did, when she didn't have to.
0: Did. Didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Did you always have a love for English? Like looking back, do you realize that that was just from the start? Because your mum was a history teacher. So, I mean, there's still, you know, there's a lot of writing involved when you do history and things like that, and a lot of reading. So, do you think that's probably where it started, or you just sort of had a passion for it from the beginning?
2: Look, I was always a reader. Uh, that was something that, that started really early and and, and mum has told me stories about me even making up stories before I could read. You know, I would hold my, my brother's school readers and, uh, and make ups because I couldn't read yet and I would make up a story that went with the pictures. Um, <laughs> so I always have a... a
1: oh, sweet.
2: <laughs> I always loved storytelling and uh, in terms of uh, and I always loved reading. And so I guess it was probably in those middle years that mum was talking about when I was, uh, you know, not really caring too much about school. I wasn't a super academic student, but kids start to notice when they're good at something, you know, especially if they're not good at everything, and I, I did start to notice that I was getting some more attention in English class and that people were really enjoying my stories and that they were, um, you know, being published in the school magazines and things like that. And and that really um, prompted me along too because, um, yeah, being good at something is great and, and just storytelling has, has always been uh, my love. But I would say that ultimately it comes from books, which which were always a big deal in our house and
0: reading. Yeah, it's so important. I mean, I love watching, I've got a six year old and over the course of the year, cause he's been at school, you know, in the UK this year, just watching his progression in terms of reading, you know, cause he always is happy to sit down and have a book at bedtime, but to watch that progression of someone who likes to sort of listen to the story and then you know he used to be able to regurgitate it, but now he actually reads Can read it. it yeah, and it's just it's such a phenomenal thing to to watch yeah. that progression of being able to read and I think that must be just such a wonderful feeling as an author to know that people are engaging with your words in that way. I think it's amazing
3: I love it it's it's, it's magic that that moment when a child suddenly understands that all those funny-looking squiggles can be joined together to make a word mm-hmm. and that the words can be then joined together to make a story. I think it's a, it's a real life bulb moment in a child's education.
2: And it's a, it's a joint passion of, of mum and It is. And it is. I... Children's literacy, we're pretty wild about it.
3: Yes. Well, I was an English teacher as well. In my later years I was more history but I always taught some English as well.
0: <laughs> last love book time with the grandkids then?
3: Oh, yes, yes, always. Um, unfortunately, in the last couple of years, I haven't been able to spend so much time with, well, any of them, but some of our grandchildren are in northern New South Wales and then Sydney yeah. now. Uh, so I don't get that opportunity, but I certainly did mm. with, with Oscar and Eloise and Clementine who've been here Uh well, all through lockdown, I've been able to see them occasionally.
2: And, and my kids have always known, much as I knew as a child, that if you go into a bookstore with Gran, you always come oh, out yes. with a book. Yes. And, <laughs> and, uh, back in the days when oh, that's nice. looked after the kids.
0: That's always a handy one.
2: Yeah, mm. they knew when mum had the kids one day a week, they always came home with books. So.
0: Yes.
1: Do do you see any um, obviously in the kids any sort of passion like yours for, for the writing for the storytelling? Can you see that already or not?
2: No.
3: Nope. <laughs> what about Eloise dictates stories to you and you? Oh, that's funny, you? isn't it?
2: He does look, I my my two older kids at least are very into maths and my husband Christian was an accountant before he became a, a stay-at-home dad. And I definitely yeah. see that brain. They're, they're both quite my son is gifted in maths and, and my daughter is very, very good at it. And uh I was not good at maths, I think we would say, we would say generously. <laughs> you,
3: you probably could have been good at maths, but you didn't really put that much effort into it.
2: <laughs> I just was not the way my brain didn't worked.
3: Didn't
2: want so to. The jury's out on Clementine. We may have a storyteller uh, or a writer there, but it, it may die out with me. <laughs> but, uh, uh, my niece Rosie actually is quite into to writing stories, so it might go that way.
1: Uh, interesting and and sally while uh, while you were living overseas, how did you stay connected with your mum and your family
2: it's funny i've lived overseas a couple of times uh, once in London and once in Canada, and each time well mum uh, and dad came to to visit uh, and so did my brothers on various occasions but we're actually for the close family that we are, we're also very independent and we're not the type of family that calls 10 times a day or um, Skype. So we've got much better at it now with all the grandchildren because we all like the grandchildren or the nieces and nephews more than we like each other, so we're quite keen. <laughs> and, and
0: technology's yeah. made it as well. <laughs>
2: it has. It has but we, we, I, I, mm. I, oh,
0: yeah, makes a big difference.
2: Yeah, but I see it as an asset of our family that we're not completely codependent and that we can have periods of time where we're not communicating and in each other's pockets. But when we get together, we're just delighted to see each other mm-hmm. and we love seeing each other. And it's been so lovely as the family's grown to, to just, you know, for that to expand further. But um, from overseas, I think that uh, I was able to fully immerse in my life there and um, come back knowing that my family was still mm. here waiting for me and I could step back in.
3: Yeah, well, we did manage. Uh, it was um, We had Sally, first of all, in London. Then later we had Chris in London and Sally in Canada and it was a good opportunity for us to do a bit of overseas travel. Um, I particularly remember when Sally was working mm. as an au pair in London, one of my sisters and I went to London and stayed there for about three weeks and travelled around England a bit with Sally and I could say without any shadow of a doubt, we laughed for three weeks. It was one of the yeah, we did. most. Um,
1: oh, was that lovely?
3: Um, we we just had a ball. Yeah, lots of things went wrong, and that, um, but we were able to laugh. Isn't that at great? Them. Lovely. Yeah. Is that
1: lovely to have those? That's so nice. Lovely to have those beautiful memories.
0: Yeah, yeah. Geraldine, what was it like? Obviously, growing up with four sisters cause I can imagine sort of Sally's pulled a lot, obviously, maybe from your stories, but what was it like for you growing up with your four sisters?
3: You probably learned a lot from my sisters as well. Mm. Um, look, it was wonderful uh, and we had three brothers as well, so there were eight of us. Um, I came second and um, I, my, oh my gosh was always someone to play with. And being one of the older ones, I think, um, among other things, I was a bit of a frustrated theatrical director and I was always trying to organise all the little kids into concerts and teaching them to dance and sing. And they weren't very <laughs> receptive to my arrangements and mostly the con- I'd have the concert all set up and sold tickets to mum and dad and <laughs> aunts and uncles and then, of course, the concert would descend into chaos and we'd have to give them their money back because the concert had to be cancelled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's just one example. We had a lot of fun. I mean, we had fights, of course. You know, we weren't the Waltons, but um, but it was great. And um, very sadly, one of my sisters um, about 20 years ago, but the other four sisters regularly have weekends away, or at least we did before COVID. And uh, I think we're all very, very lucky.
2: I, I think the thing mm. about mum's family that had a big impact on us mm. is that mum's family lost both of their parents uh, or both of mum's parents died while, while you were.
3: I was 26, the same year, one of cancer and one of a heart attack. So there were
1: still six children. Oh, or three oh, still no. at no.
2: And so, because of this, they have just been the closest network of siblings and, again, it's an incredibly functional family of now, gosh, I don't know how many, with all the wives and and, and about, children. About 90. About 90 <laughs> people from this family and, and they're all incredibly close. Oh,
1: my gosh. I was going to say it must be huge.
2: Yeah, I think we've all inherited how, that. What
1: That's an awesome. incredible family. Uh <laughs> But, again,
3: yes, ha- having sisters, I, I feel sorry for any woman that doesn't have sisters like Sally, but she's got a couple of very close cousins and she's got wonderful girlfriends as well from her school days. But, uh, yes, sisters are very special.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah, mum's the same. She's got, I've two, got s- two. She's got two sisters uh, and I just have the one brother. And I think if you don't have a sister, you'll always find that female connection yeah. somewhere else, you know, whether it's a friend or you me. know, or mom, me, so mom, funny. for me. And I think it's not, I mean, you always you kind of you always long for that because it doesn't matter, you know, when eventually you have your own family and things like that, you still want that that bond. Yeah. And yeah. I always look at my mom and and my aunties, and I'm like, oh, it's just so nice that they have each other yeah it's really nice it is. we're
3: very lucky
0: sorry it's all right
1: <laughs> very lucky and Sally can I ask you how did you transition from HR to author
2: we were just talking about that I, I I suppose I had always wanted to to write novels um but I didn't know that that was something you could do you know it just it, it wasn't like becoming a doctor <laughs> or a or a lawyer or a carpenter where you could go and, and, you know, do an apprenticeship or a degree and, and come out. So I, I did an arts degree, which was the best thing ever. I went into HR and then I had a baby and I remember uh, being on maternity leave or, or about to embark on maternity leave in Canada where I was living at the time. And, uh, and mum actually came over for the birth of my son and I said to her, "Mum, I think I'd like to write a book um, on maternity leave," and and so I did. <laughs>
0: and my
3: reaction—I tried to keep a great face—and there she was with a three-day-old baby, and she said, "I'm going to write a novel." And I said, "Oh, good on you." My voice and my face—I think were positive. My head was saying, "Who do you think you're kidding? <laughs> You've just got a new baby." Are you crazy? No, I yes. <laughs> and i was wrong she was right she did she wrote that first baby in the first oh, sorry the first well it was a sort of a yeah, book first baby novel
0: book <laughs> um, well sort of close
2: while she still had um, a very young infant so in terms sorry. of the transition i guess i was um, that's amazing i was due yeah. to go back to work but i we then moved home from canada um so i didn't have a job to go back to so i kind of dragged out that maternity leave a bit longer while i continued to to try and get a book published but uh, it's a big process and it's long and there was lots of rejection and uh, I did go back to work part-time in HR I had a second baby and it was around that time that I got a book contract that allowed me to work uh, or to write full-time and and for that to become my job so it was a number of years and uh that's
3: amazing yeah Yes, it wasn't an
1: overnight choice. And can I ask, I'm not – is when you – sorry, Geraldine, you you continue. Oh, no, I
3: was just saying it, she wasn't an overnight success. It was over
2: um, a
1: few nights. Uh, yes, yes. A few hundred <laughs> nights. <laughs> just a few. Yeah. Are you? How How do you write? Is it like do you kind of say, well, these are the – a lot of times I sit down, or 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 is it very organic? And you say, "Oh, I'm ready to write now." Tomorrow, I'm not ready. How, how do you do? How do you do? I always find this so inspiring.
2: I always think, especially that, with a
0: newborn, too. That, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, then it was different. It was a matter of my baby's asleep. Now I can. Now I can write. Um, and and I always think of the you know people talking about the muse. You know, I have to wait for the muse to come as a as an entity of the man and generally the older man, the man that can wait for uh, inspiration to strike and then have time to be able to to go and write it. You know, for me, I was first a stay-at-home mum, now I'm a working mum, and so I write when I have time to write. Um, And if the muse isn't there, then there's so much more to do now that I'm a full-time writer. It's not just the writing of the books. Um, which sometimes requires the news to be there, but there's also the running of the business, which involves doing podcasts like this. It involves updating my website. It involves mm. um, improving covers for the book. It involves reading um as research. It involves, i mean, i could I could go on and on and on um, with the the invoicing. So there's always something to do, and uh, and I guess. I, maybe I am lucky, but generally speaking, if I have a book to write, I'm thinking about it all the time. I'm having lots of ideas and so when it's time to write, I sit down and write. I can't I can't pontificate <laughs> for a long time on long walks, but, you know, maybe one day.
1: It's, ama- it's amazing. It's a amazing, yes, yeah, so how the inspiration comes to you. Obviously, I suppose when you get disturbed, you probably would rather sit there and
0: write.
2: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I get disturbed a lot. I have three children and a
0: dog. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say how how did you manage, and I was going to ask this later on but we're on the topic now, how did you manage during lockdown because clearly your book's coming out next week as you said, So, which is perfect timing for the podcast by the way, so thank <laughs> you for that. But um, how, how did you manage that to homeschool because as we know Melbourne was the most lockdown city in the in world. The world. Yeah. So how did you do all of that? Because I f- I found it hard just to manage, you know, mm-hmm. a regular day to day job. And and yes, it requires concentration, but not nearly as much as writing a book.
2: Okay, so I am, I am uh, in a fortunate situation at least this year, uh, because in January my husband left his job to become the full time. Parent, the full time uh, carer of our children. Uh, Last year, 2020, was a real crapshoot of Christian and I both working full time, both trying to homeschool our children, two of whom have additional needs. We also had a toddler. And it was just, it was untenable. And I was writing a, a book at the same time too. And
3: that's what I'm saying. You, you actually wrote The Younger Wife last year, didn't you? Yeah, like I did year. actually.
2: Yeah, so yeah. it seems a bit frenetic. I don't know why, but this, um, I have been. And look, even last year though, Christian was really shouldering. And for the last few years he's been shouldering a lot of the, the or at least to the primary kind of care of the kids um, because my career had had taken a bit of a a precedence um, which is unusual I mean across the board it feels like you know women have been the ones who've stepped up certainly last year Christian was stepping up more than me this year uh, he stepped up entirely and while there's uh, quite a few more interruptions uh, than usual um, I have not been doing the homeschooling in general with the kids, so I have just written as, as normal. I go into my office and I, I write my books. So it's definitely been harder for other people.
0: Oh, it's wonderful. Mm. Well, it's good. I, I look forward to reading the new one, and I'm I'm sure it's not as frenetic as you think. But I think it's incredible that even with the interruptions, you still managed to get a book out. a book out. Mm. Because I think that's yeah. just incredible. Yeah.
1: And Geraldine, what what did you think uh, when Sally told you she was going to become an author well, or I, writer? What did, What did you think?
3: As I said before, when she told me she's standing there holding this three day old baby, and she says, "I'm going to write a book," um, I my genuine reaction was that um, she was probably um, was pie in the sky. Um, But I, I hope that I reacted positively as far as she was concerned. Um, and (laughs) I, I left Canada or that was the day I think that I left Canada to come home. And so in our conversations and our emails over the next few months, she kept talking about this book that she was writing. And I started to think, well, maybe she is actually going to write a book and maybe she is actually going to have a career as a writer. And then she came home and really started then the process of of finding, first of all, an agent and then a publisher, and she was determined and diligent. She took the same attitude to getting published as she had at the start of year 11. Now this is this counts and I'm going to pull out all stuff Mm -hmm. to achieve what I want to achieve. And that's part of one of her real strengths is her ability to decide that she wants to go in a certain direction and to Mm -hmm. do everything in order to get there. So I was very proud. I, I'm sick of saying
0: I'm proud. People, <laughs> whenever we go along to talk, oh no, I, I would never. People say to me, "No, I'm so proud." And I'm sure Sally's not sick of it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we all. I think I think that's a beautiful word. It really is. I don't think there's anything else to you know that that has as much feeling as saying I'm proud of my daughter. Indeed, you know, really.
3: Words. Um, to give a bit of variety to it, but yes, I'm extremely proud. So is um, my husband's <laughs> father.
2: I, I know they're proud. We're, we find it difficult to say those things in our, you know, family yeah. though, and and we rely heavily on humor. And so we're constantly talking about what else she could say the next time someone asks if. Uh, if she's proud, you know, and if she could just say, "No, not really, <laughs> it could have been number one on the bestseller list <laughs>
3: <laughs> the other thing um, is the way that her father um, shows his pride is by
2: stalking things yes, explain what he, how, what he does yeah, my dad, who would never use the word proud" in his life, but doesn't need to because we we can tell um and, and he does it in other ways. I know. but he constantly is on all of my review sites, my websites, every time oh, he goes on the Amazon ranking page. If there's ever a movement in any country or any review, he's screenshotting it and sending it to me. And he's
1: letting you know. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I swear oh. he, he must be checking it the moment something happens oh, because whenever any anything day. happens, I hear it from, from Dad first.
1: <laughs> he's on to it. He's on to it, yes. Oh,
0: isn't that lovely? Well, then clearly he is very proud.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, Sally, I have to ask, so you have a three-day-old baby. Where did the inspiration come from for the book and then obviously the motivation? Did you just, you had this story in you and you're like, I just really need to get this out?
2: Yeah. You know, it's funny because I feel like there are different kinds of writers and, and for some writers it's about the story that they want to tell and I hear people say that I've got a book in me and and they're thinking of a specific book it's a book that is the story of their grandmother or it's a book that just has you know a a fictional story but that has some truth that they want to get across for me it was really always about the storytelling rather than a particular story um and and still is, which is why I think that I didn't have that uh, what they call second book syndrome. You know, where where a lot of writers have told the story they wanted to tell, and then they are looking at a blank page, thinking, "What do I do now?" Um, for me, I'm like, "Okay, what I want next? to tell another story. I want to tell another story." And uh, so that first story, it, it was kind of inspired by where I was at the time, both geographically and also emotionally. It was about a woman who uh, it was about a French woman in fact and while I lived in Canada I was working for a French company and uh, I was in HR looking at intercultural relations and so I had an idea for a book about a French woman who was uh, living in England uh, and, and the different ways that the French and the English you know the wild passionate cliche French woman and the stiff upper lip Brits, and and how they could kind of uh, butt up against each other, which is what something I've been doing at work, and and that turned into a a story. But it 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 really for me, it's all about the telling of the story uh, and the characters rather than a particular story. And it's the same to this day.
1: Mm. It's so nice. It's amazing, incredible.
0: Where do you find the inspiration for your female characters? Do you feel like It's people that you meet or do you kind of amalgamate different characteristics of people to make your characters?
2: I've heard authors say that every character is a third yourself, a third someone you know, and a third made up. And while that's not, you know, a complete equation that you can apply to every character, I think it's pretty close. I, I've, I've never kind of taken someone from real life and and put them on the page, you know, and no matter how many times people say, I think I know who that is or I recognise that person, mm. I've never done that. But <laughs> what I do do is I lean really heavily on uh, the, the people I know, not so much on putting them on the page but seeing that familiar Vulnerability and flaws, and you know, I feel like I understand the world of a forty-year-old woman at least. Um, I know the things that we struggle with. I know the thoughts that my friends have, and um, and that you know, people I listen to on podcasts have. And um, so, I feel well-versed to to step into that role, even if that person, that character, is not exactly like me. Um, I feel like I I understand women through my friendships and my family enough to be able to create a character that is uh, uniquely flawed and I guess to answer your question how do you create a strong woman you make her flawed and uh, and so you can then make her rise to the challenge of living because we're all flawed you don't want some perfect heroine you know telling a story because that's nauseating you want someone who is a little bit like you has the same fears and troubles that you have and yet yeah. thrust into this situation, they're able to rise to the challenge and, and that's what I find inspiring. So that's what I find right about.
1: And Geraldine, like, I guess digressing back to you as a teacher for over 40 years, um, how do you think, you know, learning has changed since you first started teaching? Uh,
3: this is something.
1: Excuse the helicopter overhead.
3: Uh, uh, <laughs> I um, I've thought about quite a lot in my last few years of teaching. I'm retired now. Um but look obviously a lot of things have changed particularly in terms of technology and equipment and um, IT skills and all of those things but look fundamentally I don't think the real um essence of learning teaching and learning has changed if you have a, um, a committed enthusiastic teacher and engage engaged students that's when learning takes place and I think that that's you know, we could go back to the ancient Greeks and that was how learning took place then and that's how learning still takes place. So, uh, you know, that was one of the things in my last uh, year at, um, of teaching and a few colleagues, younger colleagues who uh, knew I was retiring and that I'd been teaching for a long time would say, oh, I bet things have changed. And my stock, uh, initially I'd say, oh, yes, of course they had. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, no, the the, the nitty gritty of, Teaching of what goes on in a classroom really hasn't changed at all and I suspect all the technology in the world won't make a, a dramatic difference to how teaching really works.
2: Mm. And that's something that I have really got from mum too is that not just it's interesting. learning but actually people don't change. You know, no. and, and I remember mum saying it when we were kids and now I hear women say um, kids these days, you know, kids these days mm. they're, they're different from us or they're different from our grandparents. yes. And and Mum always said, I don't believe that. I, I've seen a lot of children over my life and, and she says my, my grandchildren I'm speaking for you now, mm. but my grandchildren are the same as my as you children are the same as my siblings in the sense that there are there are you know naughty children, there are quirky children, there are children that want to learn, there are children that you know wanna have fun, mm. and yes, there are different technologies, but but People are the same as they yeah. have always sure, I think mm.
3: something I've developed an idea I've developed out of my study of history as well that fundamentally you get the full range of human types born every year, you know the selfish ones and the and the generous ones and the lazy ones and the hardworking ones, etc and I, I don't think that changes very much
1: that's true that's true yeah, as you say, technology has changed, but. Oh, yes people still have different personalities and that will always be. Mm. Yeah.
3: And I think most students, most kids at any time want to learn. There's always a few that don't or a few who have difficulties. And, of course, students now, um, th- there's more understanding of learning difficulties and ways to deal with them, whereas 30, 40 years ago, children who weren't, didn't appear to be um, progressing well at school were either dumb or naughty. Mm. Now there's more understanding and I think that's that's a very positive change in education. But look, most kids go to school and enjoy it and want to learn and come out the other end reasonably well-rounded human beings, I think. or
2: well, they don't want to learn and they come out okay too. Yes.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I've, yes, I mean I, I have been saying to people I, I would think, I mean I, somebody corrected me, but I would sort of think, especially after this lockdown and children learning uh, from home, you know, that they would go to school with a much greater appreciation of being at school, being with their friends, actually learning face-to-face, that, you know, if for nothing else, they might really enjoy being at school more than just taking it for granted.
3: I realise it's not so bad after all. You hope. You hope.
1: Exactly. Yes, exactly. Well, it can't stay home forever.
2: No.
1: No. No.
3: Definitely. Well, I know Cooper (laughs) certainly was
0: (laughs) I know Cooper was thrilled. He went back on Monday. And like I I don't think he could get out of the car fast enough. Um, as much as his bag weighed a ton with all his returning Mm -hmm. bits and pieces. But yeah, I I think there's and also in saying that, I think there's now a huge appreciation for teachers. You know, Mm -hmm. some people do appreciate. What a teacher does on a day to day level, but no one's physically been able to see it mm. as much as now of the effort that teachers put in on a day to day basis. And then on top of that, have yeah. like doing it virtually. Mm. I think it's if that also is a positive that finally people realize just how amazing teachers are, yeah. another silver lining of, of, 2020, 2021.
3: Yeah. yeah, yes. There's not many silver lines. Sorry, there's that drilling again. Yeah. Sorry. One or
0: two. As long as you can take one or two out of the pandemic, I think we're doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. And Geraldine, do you think Sally got, you know, you've written your books as well. Do you always say she got she got it from me or do you think she's always had it?
3: <laughs> I, no, I her- take. Look, I, I'll take credit for um, encouraging a love of reading and a love of books. And perhaps I'm a bit of a grammar Nazi. Um and I always, with all the children, corrected their verbal grammar and their if they asked me to look at any of their schoolwork, I always was there with, you know, split infinitive, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think she's picked that knowledge up. But my the things I write, I write history textbooks usually for use in schools. Um, so I'm writing about things that happened and I'm looking at interpretation of the past. Um I'm I've had a go at creative or imaginative writing and I haven't been very successful. So her type of writing is really quite different and and I think far superior to mine.
2: Oh, that's not true. And also, fun fact, mum wrote a (laughs) book while she was pregnant with me, right?
3: I did. I wrote my first um, history text Ah. about the gold rush I wrote while I was pregnant with Sally.
2: So it could be. So it might have. In the DNA, through, but, yes. but certainly
0: mum. It does run in the
2: grammar Nazi yeah. uh, tendency. I don't think you meant to say Nazi anymore. Grammar oh, police pedant. Uh, yes, pedantry exactly. is uh, <laughs> was de- definitely filtered through. As did the love of reading, and and also I think the um, your passion for the simple sentence, which is something oh, yes. that I have become very passionate about. Yes. We we don't love purple prose, no, and that I, um, and I
3: love a full stop.
2: Love a full stop. Love a bit of punctuation. Mm-hmm. So I, I would, I would disagree. A that you're not mm-hmm. good at it, and B I think you're underestimating the role that it played.
3: Well, all right.
2: <laughs> I was just saying that. For
0: the- all right. I <laughs> She'll take that. Take it from the bestseller. That's a good yeah.
1: <laughs> and and can. Can, can I ask both of you, uh, given Sally's book and we believe not based on real life, what were your relationships like with your mother-in-laws?
2: Oh, mum's ma- was excellent. <laughs> I,
3: I didn't have a mother-in-law never and neither
2: did my husband.
3: So uh, the, oh. we're never mothers-in-law in our, um, in our lives. They, uh, no. Four, the children didn't have any grandparents. Their four grandparents were all deceased before we got married. Mm.
2: But um, we kind but, of did. We had a standing grandmother, which was my dad's aunt.
3: Yes. and uh, My great-auntie Gwen. Uh, and I uh, yes. uh, have still a very good relationship <laughs> with Gwen. She's in, now in a retirement home, aged 93 and still going strong and still very much part of our lives.
0: Yes. I was going to say, you just got to see her just the other day, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, after, I mean, I assume after a little while of not being well. able to see her.
3: But the other thing is I think, I hope that um, I have a good relationship with my two daughters-in-law. Yeah. Uh, And, I mean, they're both gorgeous and, you know, what's not to love about both of them? But I also have always tried, I think, not to be giving advice. Um, I may have fallen down once or twice on that. (laughs)
2: um, Mum's biggest biggest controversy. We're
0: humans after all.
2: As a mother-in-law. As you say. And a mother has been that she's obsessed with feeding our children, our babies, chocolate. And- no, <laughs> baby, I, oh. I know, children, yes. not
0: babies. Remember
2: you fed. Yeah, oh, I know what
0: that's like.
2: Chocolate cake batter when he was, yeah. old. Oh. and I came in. She's making a chocolate oh, cake. Just a finger. Gave it, put a finger. On oh, four months. Yeah. Oh. I said, "Mom, he hasn't had any solid food." She said, "Well, now he has." <laughs>
1: Food, but he's having chocolate batter. Oh, that is funny.
0: That's Gosh. the best introduction to food ever. Cake, Cake batter. Awesome.
2: But she's, a, she, yeah. And look, my mother-in-law lives in... Isn't, that, isn't yeah. that funny? I was just... Carry on. Where is, where is your mother-in-law? No, where is yours? She's in the Isle of Man, which is uh, just in the middle, a little island in the middle of England, Ireland, Scotland and Wales. And uh so we get along famously but I, I don't know if that okay. because she's a long way away or not but uh we definitely love each other.
1: Must be a lot of facetiming is there? A
2: lot of facetime.
1: A lot of facetime. Yes, I, I I have to say I'm the whether lolly grandparents. I have to say for the grandchildren I mean I even I think there's
0: a secret competition that they're not the other grandparents don't share about but oh. I think they get their fair share. <laughs> From both grandparents of sweets, <laughs> so don't worry. Oh, oh well, it is.
1: I think it's it's our it, we're 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 entitled. I think
3: it's love it.
2: Motherly duty, isn't it? It to, is
3: to bribery. Get the meat rubbish if they want
2: to. To give yeah, truth, yeah. I think that we were gypped because we, as Mum said, didn't have grandparents and great auntie Gwen. For all of the things we love about her, and there are many, was not a big lolly giver. No, was she? She wasn't. Not very fair.
1: No. I was just saying, oh, I think I need to fill up the lolly cupboard for the kids yesterday.
0: Yeah. Please don't. Oh, I stress. know, but uh, I will. coming anyway. <laughs> over when
2: you don't have supplies. Mum's often yeah. said, don't come yet. I have to nip down the street. <laughs> I don't have any cho- chocolate frogs. <laughs> and, and, get, old- and get the chocolates.
3: Yeah. we're not During lockdown, if I just sort of drive past and ring up and say, I'm out the front. The two older ones come rushing out, not looking at me, but looking in the car to see if there might be a and, and she packet of chocolate from something. And she's fling
2: a bag of Fredo a, a out the window and they catch them.
1: <laughs> oh, sweet. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, I love that. Ran, aren't
0: they?
2: Yeah. Yes,
0: the but then we out. have to deal with the chocolate afterwards. I think, that, and you know that's what? That's very nice. It's nice, though. It, it is. It's, it's, look, it's nice memories for them. And I think, you know, for me, growing up, with my grandparents, it's a it's a nice thing to look back on, and obviously, you know, with with Gwen for you, Sally, it's it's those memories that you have, and you can't really you can't really take back, and you love them. So for me, as much as it aggravates me when I witness it, <laughs> I love it because I know that the ki- I mean, the kids want to be here all the time, which is great. You know, that's what you want at the end of the day. You, you want them to have that relationship and that bond.
2: Exactly. It is. Yeah, mum is yeah. the grand who gives lollies, and she's also the grand who reads books. Yes, no, that's
1: going to be her.
3: Her uh, well, that's all right.
1: I legacy. I think that's a. I can wear those two. Uh,
0: yes. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's a good
1: badge of honour. There. <laughs> who did
0: you t- when you were talking about your rejection of you know the fir- I mean certainly you experienced it the first time around with the book. Who did you turn to? When you had that rejection, to kind of pick yourself back up and keep going.
2: Yeah, look, I don't know that I really turned to anyone. Funny, I, as Mum said, I had a really one-tracked mind about it. I expected rejection. Uh, Two things that I've learned from my family of origin, which I think have have held me in good stead in my writing career, is to have low expectations <laughs> of life. Um, so I expected rejection. And, and the other one was to laugh at your own misfortune. And, uh, so I, I don't know that I really had any huge crisis of confidence where I needed to lean on someone. It was just part of the process. Um, I, I remained hopeful that one day I would get an acceptance, you know, and, and that this just wasn't the moment. Um, And I just got back to work. And I think that's been my attitude to most things, I guess. Um, Not that I don't have bad days. I do. But I tend to keep my focus on what I can do uh, and what I can control rather than just, you know, fall apart. I don't know. Do you think? No. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think that makes sense. (laughs) Would you
3: (laughs) (laughs) agree? Yes, I'd agree. I think. I think think so.
2: Yeah, I mean, I knew that there were plenty of people I could turn to. I could turn to Mum. I could turn to Christian. I had lots of girlfriends, but I just really kept my eye on the prize. I think
0: it might be relevant. That's very good. Is that how you felt? Uh, Because obviously,
3: I was just going to suggest you talk about you how you cope with bad. And is that how you?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say yes. So and and yeah. No, I was going to say about your book. Yeah.
2: we'll just keep going back and forth but yeah look i i have always laughed and i continue to laugh uh, at at uh, bad reviews still i read out my one star reviews on instagram quite regularly and i try not to take myself or anything too seriously because you know it it it's just all everything's everything's worth laughing at and and
1: well works. i guess in life well but in, in life you can't please Everybody, no,
2: exactly.
1: And as long as you're you're pleased and your family's happy, that's the most important. Yeah. And Geraldine, again, a very proud moment. Obviously, what was it like seeing Sally's success around the world and being on GMA or on TV here? How how did you feel? Well,
3: again, that word proud comes up, and um, we were very proud, but we were also found it a bit surreal, like Sally and <laughs> what. One of the comments, <laughs> the morning that we found out about this and Sally sent us first of all a screenshot of the billboard in Times Square and we'd just been in uh, at Times Square, or oh, it's two years ago now, and uh, walked stayed just near Times Square so it was very familiar to us and she the, the reaction on the, we've got a family, um, what's it called, a WhatsApp? Uh, WhatsApp, yeah. Um, and one of her brothers yes. comment was, I've had a good look at that Uh, billboard and it's on top of hooters do you know
0: what hooters is
2: (laughs) Uh, i thought yes this is how i remain
0: that is so funny like i'm so glad you focused (laughs) yes okay yes
2: yes (laughs) so you're very
0: grounded yes yeah
2: look at it. i think yeah, I, I get lots of pride from from all of my family, yeah. but I think that the nicest uh, the nicest uh, nod that I get is that when you bring me back down to earth and, and laugh, yes, and they do a good well, job of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's very
0: good. Did you feel like you could rely on your family also to kind of pick you back up? Because I know you had a book that didn't quite make it through the way you had hoped it would. Was that helpful also having them there to kind of just you knew that you could get a laugh from them or make you laugh at the same time?
2: Yeah, that was a real, that was a lower point I think than some of the other rejections because that really did come out of left field and uh, it was not only a emotional blow but it was also a financial blow because, you know, I'm, well, I'm the only breadwinner in the house now but I was you know probably the larger breadwinner then and uh yeah I found that I found that difficult again I mean I probably relied mostly on Christian uh, to get through that and uh there were there was one there was one very dramatic moment in the middle of all of that where I walked over to the park across the road and I sat down on the grass and I sobbed And I felt like even in the moment, I thought this feels very theatrical, like something you'd see on TV. You know, I'm just sitting there going (laughs) and (laughs) crying and these poor sweet. uh,
0: Or you could use it in the next book.
2: I know. I know. And I'll never forget there was this couple, um, you know, little old couple walking their dog and they looked at me (laughs) and and I, I, you know. Like
1: what the, what's, what's that woman doing?
2: I know I looked quite mad, but. Look, I went and I had my cry, and then I came home and I got on with it, which is kind of what I do. I, I, it's not that I don't feel, but I just, I just get busy again, and that's what I did. And then I, the next book was the Good Sister, which was, um, you know, an incredible success. So it's just the roller coaster <laughs> the of mother-in-law. Connection. No, the mother-in-law was before, and oh. then mm. there was that one, and then then came the, the Good Sister. Oh. So it, it's the roller coaster of life. <laughs>
0: Mm, mm. and at least you kind of obviously had that self-confidence I mean as you said you had your moment but you knew you know you had more well not that you say you have stories inside but there was more to tell so you obviously just had the confidence to pick yourself up and go okay that was that and now you know on to the next one and and obviously it was for a reason because maybe had it you know that book gone ahead maybe the good sister wouldn't have exactly. happened
2: yeah and i can be philosophical about it now and and think that you know it was the right thing whereas at the time i just thought i'm going to lose my house <laughs> but you know and and that is and i always try to be clear mm. about the fact that need is part of the equation you know i i work because i love writing but i always work i also work because that's how i earn my money and that seems like it's a thing that writers don't like to say they don't mm. like to be clear about the fact that yes, mm. there is a financial need and I've always really appreciated need as something that we need that's something that the human psyche requires because if I didn't need the money I could have sat down on that oval and cried and never got up and never tried to write another book but I mm. had to because I we that that's my job I needed the money I needed the you know, creative out. Mm. And I think sometimes some of the people that I know who have got into deep depressions, it can be because they haven't got need, whether that's a financial need or a emotional need. As human beings, in order to strive, we need to, we need to um, kind of be forced into doing yeah, and, it because and, otherwise
3: we don't. And have
2: goals. And have goals and various kinds. Yeah. But, but we, you need to need it because mm. I think that motivation mm. is great. You but need
0: to
3: be hungry. You need to be mm. hungry.
0: Yeah. It's a good driver. And just on your time in New York, is there an update on Amy Pollard's rights to the mother in law? Is there any updates? happening or is that still
2: kind of put a bit of a not sure what's on that um and it's still going ahead and uh and they've been working on the pilot but um unfortunately we were hoping for updates by now but um now that things are opening up and um and hollywood's back there'll hopefully be some news soon
0: oh that's exciting yes i'll say we'll wait and see yeah
1: And Sally, what do you tell your daughters about what it means to be a strong woman? Is that something that you're instilling in them
2: now? Yeah, I I don't know that it's a conversation that we have so much as a life Mm. that they just live um, because they understand they have a a working mother, I'm the, the primary breadwinner. When I see my little Clementine playing with her dolls, she says, Um, all right, mummy's going to work now and daddy's going to take us to school. You know, that's just mm-hmm. her uh her worldview is 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 what we do here in this house. Um she also, like I did, thinks mm. that she is a is a man's job, was mm-hmm. the dad's job of the family. Um, but I, I think that the thing I hope that not just my daughters but all of my children get across that I feel very strongly about is that um that we should be celebrated for being who we are and as I said you know my son is is autistic my daughter has ADHD and they each think of those things as their superpowers and uh and they see them for the unique gifts that it gives them and uh you know my little girl loves to be weird. That's the word she likes. Mummy, is this weird? And, and, and uh, yes is the right answer. She wants mm-hmm. to be weird. And um, both my husband and I have always uh, celebrated them for who they were. We haven't tried to make them anything different. And I think that's strength. Um, so I don't sit down and say, Eloise, Clementine, this is what a strong woman should be because, uh, you know, I'd rather just instill in mm. them to- mm who they are and that's strong, that's strength. And and like Mum alluded to earlier, it could be wearing pink. Um, it could be mm. loving fashion or makeup. Mm. but it, it might not be. Whatever they want is cool and, and they should be able to reach for the stars and, you know, I, they believe that they can. <laughs> There's no mm. confidence issues no, with them. No. Yeah,
3: no. Lovely. Not a shrinking violet
1: <laughs> thing. No. no. It sounds like you're doing wonderful job as 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 parents obviously that's that's yeah very it's
0: wonderful wonderful and i also think it's it's funny because kids will actually take on more by your actions as opposed to what you say yeah i kind of haven't practiced that much during (laughs) lockdown i'm not gonna lie but i've heard you know the fact that they're (laughs) saying
3: i've heard someone say some wise person say at one stage that Bringing up children is what happens when you're not looking. Yeah. When you're not consciously trying to bring them up. So and, true. doing other Parenting. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
0: And Geraldine, how have you been managing during lockdown?
3: Look, it hasn't been
0: I mean, obviously it's hard. hard. Really? You can't see your other grandkids.
3: Well, that part of it has been hard. And too, as um, I said before, one of the boys is in Sydney. He has one child and uh, the other boy has three children and they've been up in northern New South Wales since about the middle of last year. What happened was that they went up on holidays to a beach resort in northern New South Wales in the school holidays in the middle of last year and then lockdown happened and they just stayed there. They booked their daughter into the local school. They loved it so much they bought a house. Oh. And uh, look as though they Oh, go gosh. To
2: We've all been very jealous. Oh. Yes. Yes.
3: Um, Wow but as far apart wow. and isn't that yeah. amazing? It it is it's amazing. like a holiday that never ended Yes yeah. yes and it sounds as though it's a pretty idyllic life that they have um so we're hoping that when we're allowed out we'll be able to get a, de-
1: up. a definite sea change
3: yes, yes. but um uh, we've been able to see
1: yourself. yes Hope- hopefully for you very soon
3: yes but um but look apart from. Not being able to see the children, it hasn't been too hard on us because we're both retired and we didn't have to do homeschooling or work from home or any of those things. So we probably don't lead such an exciting life even in non-COVID times. So it wasn't all that different really.
0: Sometimes it's nice because it forces you to relax a bit more than usual because there's really nothing else you can do.
1: No, no. No, done a lot of yeah, reading.
3: I
0: can't.
1: I mean, I've been working, but yeah, I, I can't say I hated it at all. I, I think, I think it it does. It it just allowed you to slow down your life a little yeah. bit, which is not a bad thing because you just keep on going at this sort of fast pace, and and it forced you to just, yeah, stop for a sec. Yeah, yes, I
3: think
2: I was surprised by how much, and I think you said this too, I, how much I missed my girlfriends. I think that you said that too, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. That, that and I love being with my family and I'm an introvert too, but but, um, my girlfriends are just my life's blood and, and the, the laughing and the connections that, that you have with your friends, um, that's what I'm most excited to, to get out into the world and do now.
3: Mm. Things like Zoom book club.
1: Well, well, it's funny you should say that. So we went out to a... Uh, yeah. Well, we went to a restaurant for the first time on Saturday night Um, and uh, with some other friends and the restaurant, I know it's amazing, the restaurant was full of young women only. Um, Like they had obviously said, we're just going to catch up and the whole restaurant was full, filled with young women.
3: Mm. Yeah.
1: Yes, I can understand. I could, I could tell you though, couldn't hear a word <laughs> uh, because the noise <laughs> level die, was beyond uh, beyond. A bit more wine and a bit more yelling, and you know, you get used to that. Well, exactly, and you get used to that silence, yeah. and then all of a sudden, you throw yourself into a restaurant with concrete floors and and you know, no no furnishings, and, and the noise. Uh, it was unbearable but anyway it was fun to see people having fun
2: were there any men in there
1: no yeah it's all women. oh, oh yes okay. of our age yeah <laughs> but you know we, we're that of our but no no uh, no men yeah. no 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 men yes the men were at our table but we're that you know old invisible as I say age group no no men <laughs> yeah,
2: <it's> just the <laughs> it was really funny connection isn't it
1: Just
0: the women, just the women. Well, there's that, like, as you say, it's that connection that we actually need more. I mean, it's important for men to have it and and sort of a lot of like over, I think, lockdown, a lot of mental health issues have come to light and and they realise that, yes, you know, men need to kind of verbalise more. But I think women bond better together Mm -hmm. and you lose something on Zoom, it's just not, yep. the not the same connection. And it's nice, yes, to do that so you have that No, not, not it's the not same thing together. Because mm. you can't have a conversation at a million miles an hour, which yes. as women we tend to do right. on Zoom because somebody ends up getting cut off mm. because you can't you can't hear everybody at Someone the same time. Unmuted,
1: yeah, someone's right. forgotten to unmute and Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes, not easy.
0: Well, we're going to move on to our lightning round, All About Us. So we'll start with one word to describe your relationship when Sally was a teenager. That's a lot.
3: One word is difficult. Yes. Perhaps typical or normal or... um, I was a nice Occas-
2: teenager, wasn't I? Yeah,
3: occasionally fraught. We had our like the time the first time I caught her smoking. And um but oh. but look overall Happy. The, the the cliched sort of view of mother and daughter in the teenagers didn't really apply to us, did it? That's
2: not one rare.
3: No, I know, I'm no good
2: at
1: one word. I need sentences. (laughs) Short sentences. Your
0: authors, (laughs) it would be very hard to keep to one word. (laughs) This is going to be a challenge. One word to describe your relationship after Sally having kids. Again, um,
2: it's a bit typical, I think. Almost a bit of a cliché. For me, I would say understanding. Like I, I, I felt for you so much more understanding, and even maybe my word would be awe, because I knew that Mum had three children within
0: seventeen ch- months, twenty, 20 months.
2: months, yeah, and I had this one baby, and I remember hmm. just thinking, how, and and Mum just how did didn't she manage?
3: Anything mm. and stayed home? No. <laughs> You know, when I see young, yummy mummies with their prams and (laughs) meeting up in coffee shops, I think, oh, why didn't we do that? I mean, occasionally I'd meet up with other friends with children in a park, um, but even that getting three of them. In the car.
1: Well, there were no coffee shops. No,
3: no. So. um,
0: Oh, yeah. uh,
3: yeah, But it was easier just to go nowhere, to stay home.
2: My word is all. What's your word? Uh, How was our relationship after? Say
3: close. Oh, yes, yes, close. And, uh, Am I allowed to feed I mean? her the word?
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> she, she does Un-coming that quite words. often.
0: Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's nice. No exam. It's not an exam. <laughs> and
1: and Geraldine, what chari- What characteristics do you think Sally has of you?
2: I'm like my I, dad. Yes, I'm not she, really that much.
3: She's like much me. more like her father than she's been. Oh. Like um, okay. Um, perhaps the single-mindedness the determination Hmm. Um, I I think one of the things that I feel very strongly about and have tried to inculcate into the children is is tolerance and um, respect for a range of different sorts of people Um, you know things that that I absolutely hate racism and sexism and uh, I think all the children have have um, got those same attitudes, and uh,
2: definitely, I'd,
3: I'd be horrified if I thought my children were racist or sexist or any other sort of discriminatory or have other discriminatory traits. So um,
2: empathy, I, I think it's yeah. empathy mm. and, and tolerance is what, and that came from both parents. But, but yeah. that's definitely, mm. um, yeah, something we got from you. Yeah, yeah.
3: just respect for for people mm-hmm. and. And understanding that um, we don't know everything about everybody, We're giving people the benefit of the doubt, I suppose, and mm. I think their characteristics mm. I see. And mm. and hope so.
2: Mm.
3: Yeah.
0: What's the most memorable moment in your relationship?
3: I know me, mine. Me uh, well, in our relationship. Well, I, I suppose the day she was born and she was a girl because I had these twin boys and. Uh, first, my first worry was that there might be another two. So I guess the day that I had an ultrasound that showed there was only one baby that was pretty memorable. Oh, yeah. And then That's the day, day that she was born and she was a girl uh, also <laughs> was was um, as a day of great joy. And yes, absolutely. pretty special. And I suppose the other time was um, I, that I was in Canada when Oscar was born and he was the first grandchild.
2: That's my most memorable so, day. That that and and I never. Thought that I would have my mum in the room, and that wasn't the plan when no. when he was born. Um, but she was in Canada, and the birth was very long and very arduous. And then, by the time he was starting to be born, she was there. And I did not care, like if the president was in the room, it didn't um, it didn't matter to me at all. Mm. And and in fact, <laughs> um, I remember having mum and Christian with me when he was born and it was such a beautiful moment that mm. he finally come out because we because didn't it was think a that lot was, was days. ever going to happen. Mm. And, and uh, mm. that was, and we talk about it still, don't mm. we? It was a, and because both of us are not that way inclined, we're not particularly squeamish kind of people mm. that would, you know, that I didn't think I'd have mum with me. Um, and, and some people have said even to you, was that strange yes. being there? And it wasn't, was yeah.
3: it? No. If you'd asked me before Juggling to be there, I would have said no. I'll come in, you know, when he's all nice and clean and so on. But somehow I got caught up in the moment, and there was no. <laughs> it was just. It was another it was another time. And was there sticks in my mind, and I bet Dad would say this if he, he was here and asked about that. Sally uh, did rowing at school, and she'd never been particularly sporty before, and she got involved in rowing and it just was her thing and when she was in year 10 she was the stroke which is the um the front of the the front yeah the main rower um in her crew and she won at an inter-school um regatta and it was just we were very proud the boys um, were both very sporty and we've got used to them having sporting achievements but we've sort of just thought, well, Sally's not sporty. And so this was an example, another example of mm. determination um, and also her single-mindedness in that she wanted to win this race, but once she'd won it, she gave up rowing because, well, I've done it. I've done what I needed to do there. I'm moving on to something. And oh,
0: no. She yeah. went out on top. She yeah, went out she on top. That, I, I think that's a good way of, do, of looking at it. Yeah. And who gives the best advice?
2: Neither of us. No. We're not going to. I
3: try not to give it. up oh. Unless I'm asked for it. No. But. Um, In
2: fact, most often what you'll see is mum and I talk. Okay, to that's interesting. And saying, uh, what do you think I should do? And the other one will say, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: In fact, <laughs> like that's pretty good advice, isn't it? And then it'll go backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. Yeah. What to do? Yeah,
2: what do you want to do? And then I'll say, oh, I want to do this. Yeah, do that. Yeah. But but actually, the best one piece of advice that mum oh
1: that's so funny possibly
2: ever given me was when Oscar was a, my first child was a baby and I rang her and I said I can't remember the question. Say it was um, he's got some nappy rash. What do I do? And mum said. I don't know, I don't have the answers for you. And I said, well, who does? And she said, Kenna. And Kenna was the name of my friend who had a baby about three months older than than mm. my baby. And she said, go and ask her. And it actually oh. was <laughs> the best advice ever because, of course, she was actually she, the right answer. Yeah. Well, I, I, I,
3: anyone um, who's had, like, daughters-in-law or um, nieces and and uh, or nieces who've had babies and they've asked about that. I've always said, "Your your best advice comes get one of your girlfriends or a cousin who has a child about one." Yeah, they're the best people to call on for advice because it's fresh mm. in their mind.
1: Who's lived oh. through it? And
3: it's forty years since I had babies. Yes, I have no idea now. Yeah, what to do? Yeah, it's true. It's baby. true.
0: Yeah, it's true. And I know we've said this, but. How many times a day do you call each other but it doesn't seem like maybe it's a lot?
2: Not every day. I mean.
3: Depends on what's happening. Yeah. If there are arrangements to be made, we might. But we don't often just talk for a chat. call-up for a chat.
2: No. We're not chatters. We have very um, sort of uh, conversations Are very where are we going, what time, okay.
3: What do you bring? What yeah. do I bring? What are you bringing?
2: But we do a lot of, <laughs> there are a lot of photos of the kids and things mm-hmm. and if I haven't sent photos for a while, mum will say, I'd like some photos of my grandchildren Um, and and that's mm-hmm. it. No, we're not talking. But then get us together in person and we will mm-hmm. chat all day, but not on the phone.
1: And and you talk no, a lot. No.
2: Yeah. That's yeah. good. And is there anything is there
1: anything you have always wanted to ask or tell each other but have not or never have?
2: No, but when, when I was growing up, I used to tell mum everything and I remember her saying to me one day, Sally, you don't have to tell me everything. <laughs> sometimes
3: sometimes it was just
1: too much oh, <laughs> information. Oh, that is that's, that's really so good. Funny. That is very funny.
2: I, if there's something I haven't told you, it's because I don't think it would be interesting to you. Um, but I am a sharer. Mum's not a sharer, um, so it's very likely that there's lots of things that she mm-hmm. hasn't told me. And and I do mm-hmm. still get new material from Mum. Sometimes we're talking about something and she'll slip in that she used to do X, Y, or Z, and I'll think.
1: Oh. Share something with you.
2: Yeah. We're very different people, and I think that's why, that's nice. I
1: think that, that that's a it keeps your relationship relationship very interesting and intriguing.
3: It does. Quite possibly. Yes. It does. Yeah. Just sort of wondering if one <laughs> day I'll come out with some very enticing um piece of information that I haven't shared.
2: Yeah. I could still you never know. You should keep a diary so I know. Maybe inspiration
0: that. for the oh. next book. Who knows?
2: Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. You could have done some interesting stuff that I don't know about. I could have. You just
0: never maybe know. Gerald, maybe Geraldine, maybe it's
1: it's time for a book for you. The mother. Yeah. <laughs>
2: coming
0: soon. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. I like that. There's an exclusive. The mother coming soon. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for your time today it's so exciting and very excited for your next book coming out next week i will be reading it now that i've got time to myself i'm very excited about that yes i wish you all the success
2: thank you so much it was lovely to chat yes thank you
1: no thanks for your time it was just just lovely really lovely seeing you and and hearing about your lives together was great Thank you so
0: much for listening to this week's episode. If you have a mother and daughter story that you would like to share, send us a DM on Instagram at mothersanddaughterspod. If you loved this
1: episode, please subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss a new episode. Spread
0: the love and share the podcast with your mum or sister or friend. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. See you next week and don't forget to call your mum.